Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sphere of Netflix, the good, the bad, and the even worse. My name is Will Flig. My name is Barrett Fagan. And today we have some special guests. Coming from the producers of Who Wrote This, Jackson McKee and John Sansoni are here to review this Netflix original, Grey Man. I'm Jackson, and I'm John. Thank you so much for having us. I mean, it's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun. This movie, this movie was something. So we actually treated y'all to a bit of a treat with this movie, considering that every single Netflix original that we've ever experienced or watched has been absolute treachery and horrible to watch. Especially a whisker away. Especially a whisker. A whisker away was not that bad. You just hate anime. This is the first movie that we've watched that I've actually thoroughly enjoyed during my watch time. So. We're really treating y'all to a, to a good film today. It's a good film. So, let's get started with a little bit of an overview. So, when we meet our prisoner, mm-hmm. his name is number six, and he's just chilling in the prison, you know, arrested probably for arson, tax evasion, killing, something along those lines. Yeah, something bad. Yeah. Uh, no. He killed his father, and that's all we know so far. And so he meets this guy named Fitzroy, and Fitzroy says, hey... I'll give you your freedom if you basically give up your freedom to work for me for the rest of your life. Sometimes when I see films like this where they give a, like an ominous intro with, oh, I killed someone, I like to think that they kill the person in a funny way, like with a butter knife. <laughs> I feel like it, it takes the edge off a lot of these films. I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> so it turns out Six brutally murdered his father with a gun in the back of his head. Oh. It, oh. It, was, it was not a butter so, knife. So, yeah. It's, he executed It's him. not a butter knife, and, and it's, it's, it's not portrayed as this, like, this cutesy th- He's He's very much fighting for, for his life here. So Fitzroy recruits Six into the CIA's Sierra program. And as you can guess, Six means it's the sixth person in the program. Flash forward to 2021. We're in Bangkok. Oh, yeah. It's New Year's Eve. Everyone's having fun, drinking grape juice. Yeah, totally grape juice. And water. Sparkling water with a little bit of orange juice. Oh, yeah. And we see that six is... That sounds especially like the ingredients for a mimosa. It's not. It's not alcoholic. Nothing here is... no No one drinks alcohol. But it turns out that... Six needs to kill a target, who is a large threat to national security. So, he's about to shoot him, but a child walks in the way, and so he ends up doing Should melee combat. Good to know we have standards that killing children is not okay for Sierra for this Sierra program, but Barrett is fine with it. Yeah. For so some, for someone that brutally murdered their own dad, I thought that killing a child wouldn't be crossing it, that ethical line, but I guess the collateral was too much. Maybe he would have charged more for it or something. I don't, I don't know. So the funny thing is the Sierra program was, like, edging him. They're like, do it. Kill the child. Do it. Do, do it. Do the collateral. Do it. Do it. And he's like, nah, I'm good. So he does brutal melee, melee, melee contact with the uh, targets, and they have this cool fireworks scene. It's probably a lot of their budget was spent right there. And while the target is dying, it reveals that he is number five of the Sierra program. I thought he was four. He was Sierra four. And he hands six, like, an encrypted drive, and he says, you need to get this and it entails the corruption of the cia office with danny carmichael who is the head of the program on uh, sierra and he was the head of the assassination missions wait i thought fitzroy was the head of the thing so fitzroy is the old man who created the sierra program completely and so right now the person in power and actually in charge is the one and only carmichael but it turns out carmichael like every other government agency is is evil 
And this alludes to our present-day society because the government's bad and we only need to have anarchy. Right, Barrett? I like anarchy. I think if we just let small business run basically every uh, socioeconomic climate of our United States right now and just let them take over the government, I think that would go pretty well for us. And so Six, like a smart man, does not keep the file on person. He sends it to a former Sierra program handler, Margaret Cahill. She's in Prague, which is a beautiful, beautiful country. You know, the locals actually call it Praha. Yeah. And so they go to visit Margaret. While they're visiting Margaret, we learn that she has cancer. She's no. been surviving. She doesn't want sympathy, though, because she's a bad... Uh, she's, you know, tough. She's tough. cool. She's, she's tough, cool, cool like cookie. that. And so government oh, agency... and leather-wearing Margaret. No she's in a wheelchair, in isn't she? Cancer. She's not in a wheelchair. She, oh, no, she's not. But she gives the drive back to Six, and right when the government agencies are storming her home to try to find Six... She puts on the gas for the stove and just lights herself on fire and just kills everyone. So, you know, Six is arguably a little, you know, Implicit in that. A little upset. And so he tries to leave and, you know, he just, you know, he gets out. So Fitzroy, you know, the head of the program. And he's like, he's like really old at this point. He's, He's very old. He has a little niece. Her name's Claire. She's got a pacemaker. She has some heart problems. She's she's really nice, kind, you know. Six has some, you know, relations with her before. What is it with all of the characters having some sort of very traumatic past or born medical, like, inability? I don't know. Maybe if you watch the film, you'd know. They're, they're doing too much. They're doing too much with the, with the character backstories right now. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, they're trying to make you feel bad for her because, I mean, it's not like something good's about to happen to her. So, now we have a new person, and his name is Lloyd Hansen, played mm-hmm. by the one and only... Captain America. Chris Evans. Captain America has just gone from America's boy with America's ass to a man abducting children and brutally, brutally torturing her uncle, Fitzroy. Sick mustache, though. Still with America's ass on hand, just gonna throw that in there. And speaking of that... Leaving the Avengers put him on some rough times, Blake. Indeed. And so Hanson, you know, he tries to figure out where Six is. And eventually, Fitzroy breaks. So Six heads to Vienna to try to find, you know, whatever. And there's a bounty put on Six to try to, you know, find him, whatever. And so he goes to, like, a place to get his picture taken or whatever, I think, for a passport. Mm-hmm captured and he becomes macgyver for like 30 seconds makes a bomb out of nowhere and somehow gets out and then right when he's about to escape america's pretty boy captain america is about to shoot him where he gets tranquilized in america's ass oh yeah you heard me right i'm surprised he didn't just absorb it the amount of like fat in that area just tanks the trank dart he just feels nothing but then, but then you know, but then you don't get the suspense. You don't get to, yeah, you don't but, get the cliffhanger. But just imagine you're standing there. You've got one trank dart. You shoot a man right in the ass, and he stands there, unfazed. 
But he doesn't. He falls to the ground immediately. He does. He falls asleep. <laughs> and so Miranda, you know, they go to Cahill. Cahill's apartment explodes. They get the encryption, and it turns out your boy Carmichael, leader of the government corporation of CIA, has been doing some dirty deals behind the back and using the Sierra program to take out his own hits and do his own things. I'd like to point out that so much crazy stuff has already gone on that we're just skipping over the explosion of multiple houses and whatnot and just like a lot of domestic terrorism. Well, it was one house. Okay. And he also, in Prague, they tend to not go for their gun first like in America. So they go for like the batons to hit and so they, you know. They whip out their swords and like joust in the streets. No. No. Anyways. Empty the pockets. (laughs) So. (laughs) Run me thy currency. So These are Hansen, brutal government ops. So <laughs> Hanson sends teams of assassins to try and capture Six, and he does. He gets arrested and handcuffed uh, by the Prague police. And so, you know, Lloyd, your boy, Hanson, he's like, all right, let's assassinate her. I'll put a bounty on his head. And so he's, it's just, there's this insane series of Six being handcuffed to a chair or to a bench in the middle of a square. Right. right by a water fountain, and, like, units converging all over him with, like, 40-plus people trying to kill him. And he somehow takes them all out with his right hand cuffed to a chair, to a bench. It it was honestly really cool. It yeah. was a good scene. I thought the scene was hard. I mean, that, that, that was objectively a very impressive scene. I mean... The Russo brothers, you know, the emeritus of the Avengers series, they do really well with that with that kind of action-packed cinematography. Yeah. Um, the plot overall, though. Plot, maybe they're not the best at the subtleties of, you know... Um, Subtext. You know, character development. But, I mean, they can make an action scene. They sure can. And be ready, because there's about four more. So, after he's... Uh, Handcuffed to the square, he gets saved by Miranda again, and Cahill's bullet f- bulletproof Audi. Yes, I don't know how an Audi has anything going for it, considering product placement. Product placement. Product placement. I don't know how an Audi can like be bulletproof. I mean, I feel like shit. You just you just you just throw some Kepler on the sides of that John, smack an American-made logo on the back, and you got yourself a bulletproof vehicle. Amen, brother. Except for the glass, the glass can break. The glass can definitely break. So, you slap some Kevlar on the glass. Yeah, just put Kevlar on it. And after they escape, they head to a hospital because Six was brutally stabbed. Somewhere between the kidney and the liver. We don't know. But they meet a lone wolf mercenary. He steals the drive from them, and he brings the drive to Hanson. I like to consider myself a lone wolf sometimes. You're sitting in a room with three other people. (laughs) This is not, I mean, even this is not a lone wolf thing. Good for you, though. I mean, glad, glad you feel so empowered. I strongly despise you at this moment. Uh, and I'm not editing this podcast, so our viewers are going to hear this. Okay. And let's get back to the to the fight scene, though. Okay, let's just skip over so, my empowerment. Where is Lloyd Hansen staying? In uh, Prague, a rich mansion. Praha. He's staying in one of the most historic places in Prague, a Prague castle on the Caspian Sea. 
or <laughs> it's nowhere close to the Caspian Sea. <laughs> I don't even think Prague he's... touches the Caspian Sea. <laughs> no, he's... does Prague touch any sea? No, no it doesn't. It's landlocked. <laughs> no, he's just staying in a regular castle. It's kind of historic because it is a castle built in the Middle Ages, and it's a super long drive. Whatever. Um, the lone survivor, the lone wolf, brings in all of the drives. But then Lloyd says, I'm going to go interrogate the girl real quick. And, the, you know, the lone wolf, he's like, you're bringing in children? Barrett, what are your like thoughts He doesn't want to give it to him anymore. Interrogating a child. Or what do you think about interrogating a child, Barrett? Yeah, I don't think that crosses many ethical lines. We've already crossed so many lines this film. There's, there's not much left we can cross. So I think that's pretty, like, mediocre for, for the rest of it. Probably could have gone a little harsh on the interrogation, to be honest. So, so you you uh, wanted them to go hard on the on the interrogation? I think it would have. This little been, girl with a pacemaker. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have. Uh, it would have developed the plot a little more. Okay, so the most brutal, the most, the most brutal thing we've seen, is Fitzroy's fingernails getting completely yanked out. Yeah, that was terrible. I actually hated watching that. I mean, it was. I feel like that'd be a pretty effective torture device. It's effective. We can experiment later in the bedroom. I swear, I've seen someone get the exact same thing done to them. At the nail salon by my house. No, but like, they like do some, they do some messed up stuff in there. But pain is sometimes cool. Anyways, so like I was saying about the castle, mm-hmm. somehow Six and Miranda have to figure out how to get there, and so they say, "Oh, well, we just have to follow the pacemaker that's in Claire's heart." What if she and so they the track the serial number. She can't, can't ditch she it. She would die. She's dead. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, and you thought Tony Stark couldn't ditch his thing, but look where we are now. He's dead, too. <laughs> what does that have to do with this? Mm, okay. So they find the pacemaker serial number. They follow it all the way to the castle. And Miranda t- makes a distraction, you know, sprinting with a grenade launcher. I think it was a rocket launcher. Maybe a couple hand grenades, too. and just Some, Something like that. Just completely destroying a historic site. Because who doesn't love a little bit of a... Can you stop? Who doesn't love a little bit of destruction? So the fight happens. Lone Wolf nearly escapes after almost killing Miranda. Um, he gives her the drive, though, because, you know is mad that Han- Hansen wants to kill children. At this point, the drives are in a lot of jeopardy. they got to upload this to the cloud at some point. It, it make it a lot easier than having to tra- tra- transport it place to place. Anyways, Hansen manages to take Claire hostage. He drags her into a hedge mage, and there's a standoff between Hansen and Six. What did y'all think about it? I didn't think I'd, I'd ever see, before this movie, hostage negotiation between... Ryan Gosling, the epitome of the he's literally me characters, and uh, a guy who looks like he, who looks like he's uh, a B-list actor from Anchorman, because uh, because the mustache that Chris Evans has in this movie is the trash stash. It is it is something. It is something. But I mean, it was intense. I mean, I don't I don't I don't remember much of the dialogue, which I think is a running theme in this movie. Is you don't remember a lot of the dialogue, but like. That I mean, this this kid could have died at any moment. Because think about it this way. She's got a pacemaker, which means she's already, like, not doing that well with her heart. One sudden shock, and she's done. 
Yeah, that it's adrenaline. Like when grandpa rounds the corner and you give him a little, a little scare. <laughs> Things can go wrong at any moment. I feel like this is a very intense moment. I think she probably should have died when they jumped three stories off of a bridge probably. with an explosion behind them landing in ice cold water. How does just that? To how does that not screw with the pacemaker? That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Like most of the problems in this movie would have been solved with technology. Hear me out. Bluetooth pacemaker. That's, <laughs> that's what do you what do you think a pacemaker, pacemaker does? Is literally the most advanced it's not tech we how have. This works. Well, it, it could be Bluetooth. So, <laughs> it, it sure what does it need to connect? Do you want to, to have a speaker next? You want to add a speaker to your heart so you know. It beats to the beat of the drums. I like to be air dropping things to my friends' pacemakers every once in a while. Play some Kesha. <laughs> I feel your heart. I beat to the beat of the drums. Oh, what? You, All right. You so there's the a standoff between your boy Six and America. <laughs> and so before Six can kill him, Hanson is shot and killed by Brewer. She's another CIA agent. Who tells Six that she plans to pin it all on uh, Carmen Hill's actions on Hanson in order to gain leverage uh, over him. So Brewer, you know, pledges Claire's safety, and that's only if Six works for the CIA more. And so they have to cooperate. And then what happens is there's a debrief at the very end. Miranda's telling uh, Carmichael and his boss what happened and puts it all on Lloyd Hanson. And Six is, you know, held hostage somewhere down deep in the CIA. He escapes, and he finds Claire, and then it's just another Thursday. He picks her up, and they go, you know, go be happy by themselves in the woods. And that's the end of this movie. Yeah. 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 So, if y'all are from who wrote this, the Sphere of Netflix has a cool rating system in which we rate our movies. It is totally original and not based. It is not based at all. So there are five topics. The first is theme. The second is plot. The third is characters. The fourth is actors. And the fifth is acting. So I'm going to go through those and give them a rating for each. And it's out of 20, so it goes out of 100. So, I'd say we start with cinematography. I thought the cinematography of this movie was fantastic. I gave it a 16 out of 20. Pretty cool, right? So, next for plot. The plot was a basic movie. It was just about everything else. I had to give it to him, though. It was pretty good, so it's a little bit above average. I gave it a 14. Now, moving on to acting. I thought acting was great. A lot of tension. A lot of, you know, subtle details that was well done. So I gave it a 15. Now, moving on to characters. I thought characters were actually really good. I also gave it a 15. And then finally, on the last topic, I thought that the theme was also all right. Uh, it's it's a, it's a action. I mean, it accomplishes that. There's a little bit of suspense. Um... Nothing really more than that. So I get I gave it an eleven. So overall, our total came out to seventy nine for Grayman, for me, or seventy one. Barrett, what did you rate it? I'm currently doing addition right now on my on my calculator to figure out what I what I gave it. Okay, I'm all ready. I gave characters a 14. Again, I thought the characters were good. I liked the 
the big name drops in them, and I like seeing famous actors play different roles than they usually would. So I thought I thought it was interesting. I gave it a fourteen. The plot, the plot accomplished what it needed to do for this kind of movie, and it did it well. So I'm gonna give it a fifteen. Not super great, but certainly better than average. Acting was also a fifteen. Again, those big name actors really just love to see them in there, doing different roles, doing what they always like. A good performance from all of them. Cinematography was a sixteen. Kind of could have could have allocated a a bit more of a budget there. Speaking on budget, they had a $200 million budget for this movie and only box office a little over 400000 I don't know what box office means in the term of a Netflix thing because it's a streaming service, but that doesn't sound very great. But the cinematography did what it needed to do and some more. 16, theme was fine, theme was basic. So I think I personally, and this, I'm kind of new to this whole rating system. So part, uh, excuse me if this is a tad bit basic. So cinematography, yeah, first time for everything. Oh, thank you. You know, it's it's good it's good to have a strong guiding force in your in your first time. Um, so for cinematography, I gave it a 17 out of 20. I thought you know. If if there's one thing an action movie does well, it's it's shot it's shot placement. I think the Russo brothers brothers knew what they were doing here. Obviously, they got a lot of experience with it. They have they very very good framing. I mean, I really did love the um the the hostage scene. Just I mean, it's just bombastic. It's off the wall, but it's good. So I gave it a seventeen. Plot I gave it a twelve. It it is it is bog standard. It is cliche even. You know, just not not really much. It is it is average at least. I'll give it just a little bit more because I think you know. I didn't exactly expect to see these kind of actors in this kind of movie, which leads me into the acting. I gave it a fourteen. I think they're good. I think you know when you have Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, and Adarmus as your as your three leads, I think you're gonna get a a at least average performance. They're gonna do well. But you know, it's just they they can't they can't save the plot really. So I gave him a fourteen. Characters also a fourteen, largely for the same reasons. I think you know Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans play well off each other. Ryan Gosling and Andrew Armas play off each other pretty well as well. Um, theme thirteen. It's average. It's average. It's a spy thriller. It is you know, for every for every gray man, there's a Jack Reacher or a Jack Ryan or some other some other thing somewhere else. So it's bog standard. Total gave it a seventy out of hundred. Okay, so for cinematography, I had fifteen out of twenty. Pretty much the same thing John said for it, like how much he enjoyed it. I also enjoyed the scene on the train where they're fighting on a train. I thought that was cool, but that's just me. For the plot, I gave it an eleven out of twenty, just because it it did its job. It didn't need to be as long as it was, but it did its job, so that's fine. Acting, I gave it 15 out of 20 just because it's weird for me to see Chris Evans play a bad guy so well. I've only really seen it in, like, Knives Out, so I liked that a lot. And Ryan Gosling was just Ryan Gosling being a nice person. Uh, Characters, I gave it a 14 out of 20 just because I wanted some elaboration on some things. And then theme, I gave it a 16 out of 20, giving me a total of 71. 
All right, y'all heard it from all of us. It's about a 70 average film. Pretty good, but not pretty bad. Anyways, that was The Sphere of Netflix, the good, the bad, and the even worse. My name is Will Flig. My name is Barrett Fagan. And we'll see y'all next time. Thank you so much for who wrote this for tagging along for this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Epic saga, a journey.